Welcome to Morning Tea and Torture with Tapir One, a podcast with no agenda and no expectations. We're just having a cup of tea with friends, talking about digital art and other creative ways to, well, waste your time. Now, here's your host, Tapir One. Call him Tio. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the first show of Morning Tea and Torture. My guest today is Hugo Korhonen, a young photographer from Kuopio, Finland. I hope I got that right. He captures the beautiful landscapes of his home country, as well as mountains and wildlife of Europe. His mission is to show the beauty of nature and to encourage people to make more sustainable decisions and to experience nature themselves. You can find his works on OpenSea and Foundation. Hugo has some cool tutorials available on his YouTube channel, for example about how to shoot lighthouses. And he recently launched a brand new Photoshop beginner course for nature photographers. Give it a try. Hugo is not only a great photographer, he has also made it his mission to help others to self-improve. Now, let's talk about digital art, shall we? Fellow Deegans, please welcome Hugo. Hey Hugo. Hey. Good morning. hey, I'm so happy to be in this uh, podcast with you. That's perfect. Uh, I'm so stoked that you're my first guest on the show. And yeah, please be gentle with me. It's the first time. So <laughs> here we go. Let's get this thing rolling. So uh, let me start with the difficult questions first, I would say. Uh, are you an early bird or a night owl? Mm, I used to be a night owl, um, but nowadays I do kind of... I do naturally wake up quite early. Uh, I'm still figuring out um, like uh, what time is the best to like uh, wake up and stuff. I track my sleep. Um, and at the moment, it seems that uh, I wake up quite naturally between 5.30 a.m. and 6.30 a.m. And, um, and yeah, I definitely go very early to sleep, uh, which is quite weird to many. But um, I think sleep is very important. So, yes, I'm an early bird. Yes, me too. But 5:30 a.m. waking up. This is really, <laughs> this is really something. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. Uh, how, how do you uh, how do you adapt to the uh, crazy NFT schedule? A world that never sleeps. You know, time zone differences can be really stressful and taking its toll. So, uh, how do you deal with this? Mm, yeah, that, that's quite difficult. And I have heard that like many in Europe, like they stay up really late and they mess up their whole sleeping schedule. Uh, but like, I believe that like, you need to take care of your own health first. And that like, if you are awake to like three or 4 a.m., those hours will not be that productive and you're not gonna get that many, that much out of those hours. So how I do is that I spend some time in the morning, so like in the EU zone, uh, time zone, and then uh, then then uh, next time is like in the afternoon. Once like the people in the US start to wake up, and then I spend some more time on Twitter. Um, then in the evening before I go to sleep or start my evening routine. So, like I try to kind of be in all time zones, but like I don't allow myself to sacrifice my sleep and well-being for NFTs because I don't think uh, that will have like any any benefit. 
Yeah, it seems like you got it figured out everything here. So this sounds this sounds perfect. Uh, I'm really struggling and trying to uh, to cope with this. Um, to be honest, uh, last year was brutal um, when everything went up and um, the minting was like in, in the middle of the night for for you. But <laughs> yeah, I've I've learned not to do this anymore and just to let things be and uh, just be a bit more relaxed. So, but it seems like a mm. cool plan to to divide your day into. A, EU time zone and the yeah all the other time zones that are there that's very uh, that's very interesting cool so mm -hmm. um, how did you find out about NFTs at all and uh, what did you uh, think when you first heard about them um, so the first time I heard about them was in January 2021 and um, I was mainly this time like uh, being on Instagram, although I was in photography Twitter before the whole NFT stuff. Um, but like um, I heard from NFTs the first time for from uh, Kath Simmert uh, from her Instagram stories. And like one of her friends was uh, doing um, a webinar about NFTs. And like, uh, I don't remember what the webinar was called, but like it essentially was like, what are NFTs and how can you use NFTs as a, Uh, like another way to monetize your art. So then I hopped to this webinar and um, I found them very cool. And um, then I hopped into NFTs, but I didn't mean to immediately. Uh, I'm a very honest person, so I didn't want to get any crypto illegally. I was still uh, under 18. And so I went, waited uh, until March 2021 once I turned 18. And uh, then on my birthday, I think I minted my first, I think it was three pieces on OpenSea. Um, and well, those are no, like nowhere to be found. I burned those already a long time ago, but those were my first mints. And yeah, that's how I got into NFTs to see that's uh, another way to monetize art, my art. And with NFTs, of course, like um, um, I can now do more what I love and I don't need to take all kinds of like brand deals that don't fit my mission and my vision. Um, and that I don't like, so I can do more what I love, uh, basically. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome. So I didn't know it was illegal to own any any crypto tokens um, under the age of 18. So is this just mm. something in Finland or? No, I, I don't think it's illegal to own any, but it's illegal to buy. I think I think that's the uh, like I'm not sure like how is it in the EU overall and like yeah. in the other parts of the world, but like. I was reading about it and I need to be 18 in order to buy uh, crypto <laughs> or I might be wrong, but uh, that's how I at least read back then. Okay. So learn something again. Well, and <laughs> wow, be, being introduced to this space um, through, um, through Kath Zimart and, and her friends and the webinar, this is, this is like the perfect start, I would say. Um, mm. And she was also one of the first photographers I, uh, I recognized here. And when I came on, it was a bit later than, um, than you were. And um, mm. yeah, and then just, uh, yeah, you kept rolling into it. So <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> and uh, and what was the first NFT or, or piece of crypto art that you um, that you ever bought or or minted? Can you remember what this was? Mm, well, I'd say minted. I'm not exactly sure what was the first piece. Uh, there's. Well, no, I do remember like three pieces that uh, those that I minted. Uh, one was a picture of a swan. Then one was of a reindeer, and then one was of a cow. So like whole like wildlife uh, <laughs> way yeah. um, 
but then the first piece I bought that of that I'm not exactly sure um, it might have been in December 2021 maybe but it could have been earlier there was um, like uh, one of uh, my like idols uh, well, like from Finland uh, I don't know have you heard of like visuals of Julius um, no, um, no. and his real name is uh, Julius Kähkönen and like he's a very known visual artist like in web 2 uh, and then he did one project in web 3 that didn't go to plan unfortunately but uh, now he's like working on it as again um, so I took part in that project I bought a couple of uh, those pieces and um, I want to support my like favorite or uh, one of my favorite artists and uh, people who have um, like uh, teached me editing skills and overall help out a lot um, so I think like those uh, his pieces I think uh, maybe were the first ones oh, very cool um, I definitely need to check those out so you can send them <laughs> perhaps a link to me later and we could put no. it in the, in the show notes uh, if, if we if we find it do, do you still have those pieces yeah I do still have them um, like um, I think the project overall is very cool like uh, he made like uh, this kind of Tori escapes uh, I'm a Tori uh, these gates uh, like uh, he made like tons of like randomly generated pieces uh, where these Tori gates were and I and I love like Japanese culture and like um, I found those pieces very cool and like what what Julius is doing right now is like he's gonna build like some education platform uh, like where like these token holders can like access those um, like access like his course and stuff if I have understood right so I definitely will be uh, keeping them um, at the moment I think they're quite cheap because of the project was quite a mess for a few months uh, or like half a year but But like uh, I, I always want to grow and educate myself more. So if that's another way where I can access uh, new materials and learn new ways to use different softwares, like uh, uh, I definitely want to own them. Yeah. Okay. That sounds uh, like the sensible thing to do. So, but you're also helping other people um, to to learn. Um, as I mentioned, you you just started your uh, Photoshop beginner course for nature photographers, and you do have some some cool tutorials. I check them out on your uh, YouTube channel. So kudos for that. Uh, I guess not every 19 year old is being able to pull this kind of thing off. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I think uh, education is. Uh, something that like um, like has helped me a lot like outside of school especially uh, like learning these new skills on photography and editing and overall like on other areas of life as well and i think um, like it's my kind of obligation also to teach people uh, because like um, if i know how how would they be able to get there faster and if i don't share that i don't think it's that fair so i just love educating sharing my information and um, helping others get there faster Yeah, that's very mature. That's cool. That's cool. So, uh, w w what inspired you uh, at all to to create digital art, or or um, to phrase it differently, how, how did you choose photography as your as your art, perhaps? Mm, yeah, well, I didn't ever really have other options. Uh, that like uh, as a kid, I I kind of like drawing at times. But nowadays, I think <laughs> I'm very horrible at that. Uh, but back then, it was something that I liked doing. Um, but then, the photography was something that um, like like how I started photography was like when I noticed my cousin actually photographing, and I thought like how cool is it that you can capture a moment in time. 
so like i didn't like start seeing photography immediately as like a like a normal kind of traditional art uh, like paintings and that kind of stuff uh, but like i saw it just as an uh, a way to capture the moment and being able to enjoy and remember that moment like years down the line um so i didn't really have any options uh, or like other yeah options back then um i just kept going with that and um at the moment i'm still loving it uh, very much <laughs> as much as i ba- uh, did back then so so uh, yeah i haven't had like any other um, options so other way to say it would be like photography chose you <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes chose it, yeah <laughs> Uh, very cool, very cool path. Um, so, um, can you remember who or what was your biggest influence in in creating uh, art or photography? You mentioned some um, your, your cousin. Mm, yeah, there's um, like a lot of people who have influenced like me making like like my art and uh, and then also like where I who I've learned from. So my cousin is the one that like kind of started the whole process like unintentionally <laughs> and I've been thanking her a lot for for picking that camera up for that like one time um, and like she's been also cheering me forward like unfortunately like um, my relatives and my family aren't like super supportive although my family is getting more supportive I think like uh, as each day passes by. Um, but like overall there isn't that much support uh, in real life for me unfortunately so then that's like my cousin is there supporting me and then telling me like i keep going and like no matter what others say like that's that means a lot to me um but then like outside of um if we think like who has influenced my art is like julius kakonen is one of them like from him i have like learned most of my Photoshop skills, I'd say. Um, although, like, I've learned a lot from others as well, but most from him. Um, then from Konsta Punka, he's like a worldwide known uh, wildlife photographer. From him, I've learned as well quite much. And then uh, Matt Peter Eversion is a photographer from Denmark. Like, he makes some amazing YouTube videos. Uh, and I've also taken some <laughs> one-on-one coaching from him uh, because I think uh, he makes amazing uh, photographs and also videos um and and yeah there's a lot like peter mckinnon um a youtuber photographer filmmaker from canada and like he kind of uh i found his videos like after my cousin picked up the camera i went to my computer and, wo- and started watching youtube videos and his videos were the ones that inspired me to get my own camera so like he has also influenced and inspired me a lot and yeah, there's a lot of different ones like thomas heaton nigel dance and a lot of different youtubers brenda one son and like um like on my early days first i went to youtube to learn all kinds of things and then eventually i moved to courses because i understood that that's the faster way to go about it land like paying for speed well that's an illustrious list of people here that you got here and i really <laughs> like the fact that you're actually taking courses uh, from some of them or get one-on-one coaching this is cool yeah and um family supporting uh, artists or full-time artists this is not something that's i guess special to to you but this is a mm. worldwide phenomena that it's still a bit frowned uh, frowned upon to yeah to say yeah i'm going to be an artist um, because parents mm. always have of course um, uh, your security or financial security and independence in in uh, in mind and um, they don't see that uh, it could be um, fruitful um, profession to to do this just uh, out of the gate but i mm-hmm. think that um, the nft space has given us some opportunity to 
to actually change that. And uh, this, this has given many people the opportunity to become full-time artists, at least in the yeah. last year. And we'll see <laughs> who will still be around in, <laughs> in one or two years after the bear market. Yeah, But, but mm -hmm. at least this is something in my view that uh, that gives uh, the opportunity to to become a full-time artist absolutely mm, definitely yeah. definitely and Did i would also add that like um, as an artist it's very good to have like uh, many different kind of uh, incomes uh, like although like nfts is an amazing place to um, like uh, get your like like living from if you can do that but like it's good to have many other sources of income so for example that education side like that i have big plans for that like i want that it would be more of like passive income that like i don't need to work that like i the money is just kind of rolling in and then like nfts i'm doing as well and most of the time go still goes for nfts but like i have these other kind of stuff so education i still do stuff for other businesses um and then i have nfts so i think it's good to have like a many ways to monetize and get the income i don't think it's wise to like stick just like with one or two yeah to diversify a bit is always uh, a wise choice yes. yeah that's 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 right yeah did you um did you have a plan when you were entering the crypto art space um uh, when you uh when you came on and you uh, i think about one year ago you sold your first nft in october so did you mm. did you have a plan back then and do you have one now <laughs> <laughs> so first when i joined the space i don't think i then had a plan uh, i'm like i didn't really know what to expect it's not like well, if i now like mint these nfts are they gonna be sold out immediately mm. uh, i think um, like many people in photography especially like they were hoping to get much more sales like um like in the early 2021 but the fact then was that like photography was that was not that um uh, popular uh, to collectors yet and there was like mainly like i think like one or two collectors who were collecting uh and uh i did i wasn't unfortunately one of those who got collected uh but like back then i don't think um i had like a clear plan i knew that i didn't want to mean too much that there's not too much demand um i mean too much supply uh for for uh, like my artworks um but then like once i learned more about the space as time went on i think in the summer of 2021 i started to more see like where this is going um and then of course in then october like you mentioned um i sold my first nft and then the other sale came like the day after that and then in three weeks i had sold out the thing and like after i had got those sales i had a very clear plan on what to do next i think like after one or two no it was actually before i even released the whole project i already had planned for Uh, like a christmas project i don't know are you even aware of that but like um but like i made one christmas project um which was like called like finding santa so i made like a christmas story like i as a kid i really liked writing stories um, but then as time went on i kind of stopped writing those and i missed that so i did what i did was i wrote out a whole story where like santa went missing and then an elf had to uh, find santa and this elf like hadn't ever kind of um went out to wild nature before but he was the only one that was actually able to Uh, like or was all the only person who could be finding sound at that time and then i went to lapland and then i made this 
uh, story like come alive through photos. Um, and this project didn't unfortunately do that well, uh, but I still have those photos, so there might be something coming <laughs> this December. Um, but um, anyway, back to the uh, point. So um, I did have a plan, like um, kind of like starting in the summer of uh, 2021. And nowadays I do have a plan. I do think like like a long term with things, and like uh, I kind of say no to things that are not aligned with my own mission. There comes a lot of suggestions from different kind of. Um, uh, organizations and stuff, but like I, I try to stay in my line and my vision, and and yeah, I say no to some opportunities. To some, I say yes, and I have some exciting uh, plans for the next two, two to four months, and um, yeah, we see what comes next. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely keep my eyes peeled on you, <laughs> Hugo. Sounds <laughs> exciting. And Santa, as I heard, is coming this year too, so you can reuse your uh, Santa went missing. <laughs> and uh, yes, I, I can. Yes, I guess it, it it'll gain more traction uh, than last year, and uh, very interesting. Yeah. Mm. So, <laughs> um, how would um, how would you? Um, Describe your art to someone who hasn't seen it yet. Mm, good question. So I would say that like um, it's a nature photograph, uh, and there is a human, and I try to showcase the nature-human connection, and it's like we both can coexist. That it doesn't have to be just like one of them. Um, and my editing style is not super realistic, but it's not unrealistic either. It's kind of there in between. And that's kind of where I always aim it at, uh, because that's kind of reflected on, on how I see the world. Like some people see the world very negative, um, but like uh, I see world as this amazing kind of gift. Um, and I try to showcase my own worldview through my art. So like that's why it's very hard to find some <laughs> depressive art from me. Um, Although there is some, because like then like when I'm going through some hard stuff, then I might change up my art style a bit. But like now, um, most of the time it has been like very dreamy um, and like um, kind of like yeah, that between unrealistic and realistic. I think that's how I would uh, describe it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The um, what I feel when I view your photos, um, I, I think you're using very calming color palettes in most of your pieces. And often there, there's a person standing in a vast landscape alone. So mm. I get some sense of solitude, but not in a bad way, more like being mm. at peace with yourself and, um, if you will, contemplating about how we got here and what our place in this universe might be so mm. answering or contemplating the big questions and um, this is what i feel and um when i when i view your art and this brings me to one piece of yours that is actually not yet available but um if you were to look at your twitter header it's visible there it shows a uh, snowy landscape at night and a single person standing there track of footprints leading up to this person and the person is standing right at the intersection of sky and earth looking up at the sky with a headlamp so this is a very uh, intriguing piece and uh, do you uh, what's the story behind that because i see it on your twitter but um, it's not available anywhere and, and it looks like one of your 
the best pieces I've seen from you so far. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, one of the um, most, I mean, it is the most popular artwork of mine that it's been shared a lot and uh, like uh, it has got a millions of um, views if that <laughs> matters to anyone. Uh, but to me, it was a big thing like back in the day when I was um, first published that, it was quite incredible for me. Um, I'm gonna come back to that, but yeah, like. How did I take the photo? Um, that was that like I had gotten uh, as a Christmas present. I had got a night lens, like a dedicated uh, lens for night photography. And I had done some night photography in the past, but like it wasn't that good because I didn't have the right equipment. But now I had, uh, so I was very excited to try it out. So I was uh, in Spain with my dad, but like then once I came back, then it was the time to try out the lens for the first time. And there is like this kind of a um, good kind of place where to try this uh, lens out, uh, where I, I took this photo. It was like, um, this place is like two kilometers from where I live. And like most of my art is actually like, <laughs> like what I made is like within like six to 10 kilometers from where I live. Um, but like this one was two kilometers away. And I went there first with my dad. Um, it was of course uh, during the night and it was very cold as it often is during winter in Finland. And I did like a path on my own, like with my own feet. And then uh, I had the headlamp on and then I went to the end of the path. And then I, I don't remember exactly how it went, but maybe my dad pressed the shutter for me. Um, uh, or then I had some kind of a timer there. And then I was very happy with the photos. I came home. Uh, only to find out that uh, all of them were blurry. And it was my first time using oh, no. like a total manual lens. Um, so I was like, oh God, like my best photos and now they are blurry. And well, then I was thinking like, do I bother going like again, like uh, today to try the same shot out? And I was like, well, I'm like, these were some of my best photos. Like, okay, let's go. <laughs> and then I went. Uh, and my dad wasn't very happy to come with me again. So, and it was like minus 30 degrees this day. Um, so he was wow. not happy to come with me. So he drove me there. Um, and then like he was sitting in the car in the warm. And then I went out to this uh, like field alone. Um, and then the path, um, I had a plan that I would be going the same path as the day before. Um, but it had snowed overnight or during the day. Um, and the path had disappeared, so I needed to make a new one. So then I did that. I put my tripod down, and then I um, went and walked this few times the same path to make like a good path there. Then I put my camera down, um, and I made the composition ready to go. I had my headlamp on, and then the problem was that the path was so long that I couldn't use the like uh, in-camera timer of 10 seconds. So I had to use my phone as a remote. And the problem was that I didn't have clothes at work with the phone. So I couldn't be with my clothes in this amount of 30 degree weather. And it was also very windy, which was quite um, problematic. And anyway, then I went to the end of the path. I had my phone connected to the camera and then I pressed take the photo. And uh, always when it was taking the photo, I had to stare at the sky and like be not moving for 15 seconds in a row. And it was very difficult in minus 30 degrees and, and, and like very heavy wind. Um, but then it seemed to be very worth it. I got very good photos. And like back then I was thinking like, yeah, these are very good photos. They are very different. 
um like from what i got and like i didn't know like would like people really like those photos i was thinking like okay well maybe uh like these aren't that special so like like i i mentioned earlier that like these were some of my best photos um but like actually i didn't exactly think that but like now looking back i think i think so um but like yeah uh before posting this to instagram i was thinking like uh, yeah well this is a good photo but it's not like super special but like let's see what people think about it and then like the likes went crazy the comments went crazy to my standards um and like um was it was like incredible was that like um but like over like or nearly sixty thousand people like had seen this photo of mine and like that was the most kind of viral photo to that day and like then i was imagining like some football stadiums like full of people who had seen my photo and it, it was like crazy to me I was like oh my god sixty thousand people um and then like these small like somebody also comment, commented on that uh, picture and like saying that like um you i'm uh, like me watching this photograph like made me like um uh, forget my own sorrows i had a very bad day but in looking at this it brings all of this kind of good emotion that like thank you for posting this to us and like that was the first time that like somebody um like told me that like i was able to change like kind of their emotional state with my own photos wow. and like that got me then very emotional and they, that still gets emotional me, uh, to this day um and like that was a very, very big defining moment in my whole uh, career uh, and that changed everything and then this photograph um like uh, when i posted this like i was still getting very bullied at school and i didn't really have things that i was proud of apart from photography and now that i had this kind of a big win that like my photo went viral and i was able to make people feel this way um like that was something that i was super proud of and like that kept me going very very like hard like we thought like they get this photo, I think my life would have actually been very different. Um, and uh, yeah, like this kept me going through the hard times. And this was the thing that I was kept giving referring to that like, like I'm getting bullied of this and that. Uh, and I'm, I have very bad self-esteem, but like I was still able to take the photo. Me bullied Hugo was able to take the photo. Yes. Um, so like, uh, like that's, that's why it's super meaningful to me because that not only like defined like the course of my kind of career but also like i don't know would i be here today if i never took that photograph so it has a big story uh, wow. for sure wow that's um, that's really amazing and uh, yeah the lengths that uh, photographers would go to to get such a great shot has <laughs> always <laughs> amazes me and um yeah and it's very impressive um the feedback that you got from uh from the viewers of that piece and um yeah that's what art is all about right changing mm -hmm. emotional states or um uh, sometimes it could can be a tool to overcome your personal struggles too so mm. and yeah to our listeners just check out hugo's uh, twitter header you'll see the piece there and i hope one day uh, we'll be able to to see it uh, minted somewhere and uh, we can start <laughs> yes. a bit more on it <laughs> <laughs> yes please <laughs> yeah Uh, well, this is this is really cool, and this uh, makes the the connection to the piece even even deeper, I would say. And yeah, this is what I love about mm. uh, art; uh, makes you feel something certain way. Uh, sometimes I like art that makes you feel at least a bit uncomfortable, 
I guess you were uncomfortable yeah. shooting this standing at yeah. 30 degrees <laughs> minus there. And, mm -hmm. uh, but also, um, if it, uh, if it calms you down a bit and yeah, perhaps makes you, makes you forget for, for a certain time, the, the struggles and, or even helps you mm -hmm. overcome your struggles. So this is, this is really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, is there something that you, Uh, that you wish you knew before you entered the uh, the crypto art space or the NFT space. I'm trying to avoid the NFT word. <laughs> uh, so, um, mm. is there anything you wish you knew or what you would do differently today? Mm. Well, well, like I said about the minting process, um, that like I just kind of like threw my stuff out there and and i was hoping and kind of expecting that it would just go mm -hmm. uh, i don't know the exact price but it probably was between 0.3 ETH and probably like one ETH. um and and like i just like threw my art there of course i had been in flickfit twitter before that uh, and connecting with uh, other people a bit and um, but like i didn't really like understand like how much work it goes to actually getting sale done especially if you're wanting for 0.3 bit and <laughs> between one eve that you can just throw that out there and wish that um, it does well um so there's many things that i have learned over the year uh, or like over over now like what is it like one and a half years um like uh, being in the space and i'd say like one is like connections is like super important and like making actually friends like then i was like i had like many people who i was connected to but like now that the length i go every single day that i connect with people and uh, like that's like very different like how i did back then um i think like um, my approach to like communication is like like uh, also defined by the bullying past of mine uh, and i think this this is visible with like everyone who has got bullied uh, in some way that like i am like a very kind person i would i would say and that's because like um like how i was treated for like a big portion of my life like i wish that people were kind to me so like now i'm being very kind to to everyone um and then um i also like if somebody like texts me or does uh, maybe quote tweet my art or something i always try my best to get back to them um and i think this creates um like a like a better connection and like now uh so now two days ago i dropped for example this free piece of mine um and like for that um like of course i want to give back like that's a like like a big reason that like i want to say thank you for everyone but also like uh, that allows me to create a deeper connection with people uh, and like create this stronger community and like having a community around you and your art i think is mm -hmm. extremely important and that's something yes. that i didn't understand immediately um, and also um like nowadays when i'm making art like i don't just like look at the, like is this um like a good photo like back then i was like watching like yeah well this is a good photo it can be minted but like nowadays i look at my photos like for example like from the uh, lapland trip i did last month in september mm -hmm. like there's a lot of good photos i got but like not every photo evokes some emotions in me so like then i'm like thinking now like my next means i want to make sure 
that the photo evokes some emotions in me. And if there, if the photo can evoke some emotions in me, then probably there's somebody else who who might have the same emotions or some other kind of emotions about that too. And so I think it's important to look like uh, look at your own art and like think like is like this piece something that others can connect with in some way. Um, and I think that's very important. So I'd say community and like being like <laughs> honest uh, with your own art. And also what I think and what I has what has helped me like in many areas of life, but in NFTs as well, is asking for feedback. So like uh, I like to ask a lot of feedback, <laughs> like you know Tapir. Like I like um, asking like honest feedback from people. And like some people are not able to give honest feedback to you, but like I want honest feedback because then I can improve on something. So like if somebody is now listening to this and they are very early on their NFT career, uh, I would say like go and ask for help uh, and like ask for advice and like do as they say. Don't don't like uh, try to figure out everything on your own and also don't think like now the advice they're telling me is like uh, nonsense uh, just like take the advice learn from that and that's how i made my biggest changes to my nft career to my to my art how it looks like um and like uh, other areas of life as well so i'd say those are the main things Yeah, that's awesome. Um, asking for for feedback is not uh, does not mean asking for confirmation. Yeah, to feed your confirmation mm. bias, but it should actually really be um, asking for honest feedback. And mm. at least uh, I, I'm trying when I'm being asked for for feedback. Um, I'm always flabbergasted that someone would ask me for <laughs> feedback on their art, but um, it's a different story. And uh, but I, I, I'm trying to be as honest as possible and uh, sometimes the person I'm talking to might not like the feedback uh, because they were hoping mm. for a confirmation but it's <laughs> I guess this is something that that has happened in our space um, or I've mm. seen in the, in the last year um, 2021 that almost everything was awesome amazing and and stunning but not not everything piece that you put out is going to be awesome and amazing and stunning mm. and i guess it's important really um like you said to get honest feedback on your on your work if you're asking for it you don't have to ask for feedback of course and mm. then just the um your peers and the market will decide whether it's an awesome piece or not but mm. um yeah i think this is important um to understand that an, not cheering for a piece of work does not mean it's a bad piece of work but it's just uh, it may relate to um, to to someone else but not to the person mm. you're asking so yeah and i also see that you now don't seem to feel the rush to mint stuff anymore right uh, i see on on mm. foundation you're at the moment uh, at least i can see sold out on primary so mm. and I know for sure that I'm not going to put the piece I have on secondary anytime soon. <laughs> so I'm sorry for that. And, um, but uh, yeah, I, I can see that you're taking your time and I like that, um, that you're not uh, cranking out a new piece every day um, yeah. and just for the sake of uh, put, flooding the market with your work. So uh, I like that approach. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And yeah, I want to take the time with uh, with the future stuff. And I feel like right now I have lots of momentum with me. So like, uh, what do I, well, like whatever I do next, um, like um, there is like um, 
Oh yeah, lots of momentum going on. I think I know the next piece I'm gonna mint, but uh, depending on what stuff happens in the future, this might change. Uh, like I feel I have like kind of two pieces ready to go, and one, uh, both of them are something that I have not showed to other people. Although one I did show to one of my friends, and like he was going crazy with it. Like this better be like 15 ETH, <laughs> uh, but like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I said like that's one of the best photos I've taken, um, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm taking it slow, uh, but uh, I know kind of what what are the next few steps uh, I want to take. Yes, I see, I see. So, um, if you could tell your um, your 2025 Hugo self something, <laughs> what would it be from today's per perspective? Not looking back, but mm -hmm. looking forward. Good question. Good question. So, I think. Um, I would say take the risks, figure out how can you make that happen. People might say to you, it's not wise or what if this bad thing happens, but like, just go for it. Uh, the worst thing that can happen is you fail or like the absolute worst thing. I don't think there is a risk of dying, but that would be the worst thing. I guess that would happen in anything. Uh, and uh, we are gonna all die one day anyway. Now, it's not like what I'm planning on doing is doesn't require me risking my life, but like, but anyway, like, like a future, um, like, uh, now speaking from future, like, um, like today you go, like, uh, go for it and take the risks, shut the noise and ask yourself um, like how can i make this happen and don't tell yourself that uh, you can't make something happen and like in a lot of stuff that i want to do right now like with future pieces travels like to nft web3 like uh, conferences and also mm -hmm. like to lapland and other places um like these require also money a lot so i need to also be asking myself that like how can i afford it and like that question makes um your brain kind of think uh, about ways how to get the money for the things necessary i'd say yeah. those are the things i would tell myself yeah cool yeah it's like uh wayne gretzky used to say you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take so mm -hmm. just take yes. one yeah and i like that and i'm um trying to live by this too <laughs> so mm -hmm. this is why uh, we're, we're doing this podcast here too so just taking a shot and see how it goes <laughs> well, perfect so um yeah um this has been uh, very awesome uh, having you here and um uh, let me uh, let me ask you some some uh torture part questions because this is morning oh. tea and torture so <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would people see if they could look at the hidden section of your wallet uh oh <laughs> well no uh, actually um, I'm not even 100% sure what there is at the moment uh, I know that I have not hidden anything um, but I do know that like people do send me some random stuff um, and things I wish that uh, wouldn't appear on the my wallet, or like the the, the part that everyone can see. Um, but yeah, there's nothing uh, kind of secret. I haven't uh, <laughs> hidden anything yet, at least. <laughs> yeah, we should do on Twitter a day like show your hidden uh, wallet section day, or so <laughs> then we screenshot and and share what, what what's in there. I mean, it's hilarious sometimes. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's some legit art there uh, being being sent to to us. It's right, and it's uh, that we may miss, but the other stuff is just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Mm. do do you have any um, 
any 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 recommendations for uh, like like a book recommendation for example i know that you're big on self-improvement too and uh, perhaps there's something um, some of your current favorite uh, favorite book you would like to share and uh, for the audience mm, yeah yeah well I, i think i'm reading like 10 books at the moment if not more like at the <laughs> oh. same time <laughs> but um if i would like need to recommend like one book Uh, it's something that I finished reading earlier this year. It's from Jim Quick, um, and I think the book is called uh, Limitless. So, like, he goes and explains. I'm like Jim Quick is like an expert on like how the brain works, and like he goes in depth on like mindset, motivation, and then methods. And like he showcases on like how can you like maximize your own mindset, get rid of uh, like limiting beliefs that might be stopping you. And then he also goes into like how to create motivation. And like motivation doesn't just come like uh, if we wish to get motivated, mm -hmm. then that's not actually how it works. So he goes in depth on how that motivation actually works. And then also all methods, like what you can do to maximize your brain, your brain health, your and, uh, and uh, like get the clearest thinking, and like um, all kinds of stuff. So I think like this book gives like great overview and starting point for everyone, and then you can see where do you need to develop further. Okay, cool. A uh, gym quick. Um Limitless. I'm gonna check this out. I like mm. those kind of books. Uh, although sometimes I f uh, feel it's a bit strenuous to to get through all of this <laughs> and, and read really, and actually apply it in your daily life. But if there are, if there are uh, some bits that you can use, then I'm all for it. Yeah. And mm. uh, do you have any recommendation on Twitter? Who should I definitely follow, or who shouldn't I follow? <laughs> <laughs> who should I block? Uh, oh. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, yeah. This one was. I was thinking about this. Uh, the, like, uh, who? Yeah, I don't know exactly. Like, who? I guess it depends on on what kind of art are you looking for. Of course, there's like a lot of friends. I guess I could mention a few of my friends. Give some like, shout outs. <laughs> now, if if some of my friends are now hearing this uh, podcast and I'm not mentioning them, uh, I'm oh, sorry. Stinks. <laughs> uh, but I would say one would be uh, at uh, meandersquest um, and like uh, behind this uh, account there's like two persons, there's Sapria and Sam and, and uh, we are very good friends. Uh, Sapria mainly runs the account nowadays but like with Sapria I'm a lot in contact with And like she makes this kind of a glitch art, that's like her thing. And I think it's very, very cool. Uh, and I don't see that kind of art m being made um, made by anyone else. So I think that's something that uh, you could have a look at. Um, and who else would I would I say that you don't already know? Um, oh God, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, well, maybe I say Tir uh, Yakaria. Uh, Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Am I very good still at <laughs> pronouncing his name? Um, but like, we he's can, not we can put it in the, in the show notes if you send me later those accounts. We can put them in there, yeah. and people can follow yeah. those. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So uh, here, like, he's the same age as me, and he does wildlife photography. Nowadays, he's not uh, putting like as much uh, time to Web 3 but like, I think uh, he is um, someone. Who you still should follow on Twitter uh, and uh, possibly on other social medias like on Instagram. 
that's where he puts uh, his time nowadays. But like I'm asking, uh, and like I mean, like we are both calling quite much, um, and like being the same age, and like we have a lot of things that are in common, and we can help each other out, and and like we are talking a lot about like business stuff and like. Um, and like helping each other also like on personal levels quite much so um, but yeah Tyrus Art is uh, is amazing I think what he's, he does for his age uh, like wildlife photos is incredible so okay. I say check him out too I will definitely check him out that's cool and last question um, who should I invite into the show as my next guest or one of the next guests do we have any Rex? Mm, next guest um, hmm, I think uh, I'd be interested in like uh, personally, although like I have been quite much uh, in contact with Bruno uh, Urli. Uh, do you know Bruno? Yeah. Yeah, so I know that he's very busy, but I think uh, he could be one. Or then uh, Ben Scar, I think uh, like uh, it would be cool to have him as well on the show. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Uh, I have heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, uh, Hugo, thank you, thank you very much for being my uh, guinea pig, and <laughs> uh, that's it for the first show. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to endure my uh, questions, and yeah, I hope to talk to you soon. And I hope uh, the listeners enjoyed it a bit too, and um, I bid everyone a great day. Talk to you thank soon, you. Hugo. This has been Morning Tea and Torture with Table One. Call me Tio.